1: By Bill Cunningham in about one hour, uh, Brittany Ruby will be here on the opening of the Jeff Ruby uh, restaurants yesterday. I want to hear from Brittany Ruby about how things went and the challenges that she's facing. Also, at 2 o'clock today, we're not going to have the DeWine News Conference. I think it's been postponed till tomorrow. But until then, the great number 85 of the Bengals is Tim McGee. And Tim McGee, welcome again to the Bill Cunningham Show. And Tim, how are you?
2: I'm doing pretty good. Just enjoying this beautiful day for
3: now.
1: Not bad now. Of course, we normally talk about football-related matters, and we got to talk about Drew Brees and what's going on now with New Orleans. But uh, can you tell me how an African-American kind of – and I don't represent white America any more than you represent black America. I mean, we each have individual opinions. But can you tell me how you process what's going on the last uh, 10 days here in America?
4: It's,
2: it's been a rather trying time, obviously, as an African-American. You'd like to see progress made in a forward manner opposed to the seesaw going back and forth. Uh, we hope, and I hope, that what transpired over the last week or so doesn't continue to repeat itself in that, ty- that cycle where things get to a point of intensity and then we all get all hyped up and then there's rioting, looting, and all this you know, hoopla that goes along with some justly, justly so. Not the rioting part, but the protesting part. And then we go back, it calms down, and we go back and we wait for the next one to happen. And we we just got to get to a point where, you know, we prevent it. And what do
1: you see? If I made Tim McGee the grand poobah, you're the CEO, you're the president, you're chairman of the board, and you control everything, what specifically would happen now that is not already going on?
2: Well, first of all, I think you got to start with the education. It, it has to have a level, all races have to understand and accept each other. That if, if I was the CEO, I would more or less focus on the educational part because I think once people are educated and they're in a comfort zone, and, and here's where I think white people are at, at a disadvantage, Willie. It's very tough to ask the, the serious questions and get the right answers on how to handle certain situations. I was in the, um, I was in a, personal, personally, I was in a situation where, A friend of mine introduced his husband and luckily enough for me i felt comfortable that he felt comfortable to explain to me what that meant Uh, i was very ignorant in that space but if he doesn't allow himself to educate me well my ignorance takes over i may say something wrong i probably will say something wrong i probably will say something out of line and get myself in trouble So we have to reach a point, and I'm truly mean, we have to reach a point where we can educate each other to ask the right questions, to get a better understanding of each other's, our cultures. And ultimately it has to be where the bias of where white Americans have to ask each a question. Why do you feel black people are guilty at birth? And if that's the case, we have to start self-exploring and then just go from there. And it's, it's not such a bad idea to start somewhere because we can't keep this cycle going because it's just not healthy for the country.
1: All right, now, as far as guilty at birth, I'm a white guy, you're a black guy, you live a different life than I lead. I can harken back to what happened at Xavier. I, I took an African-American studies class, uh, and one of the first things the African-American female said, to, all, and we were mainly, shall we say, Catholic-educated white guys, 19 and 20, that at that point in my life, I had no orientation to the black community at all. And, and one of the first things she said is, uh, how many of you, uh, if I had a magic wand in my hand and, and I swiped it across the room and you were suddenly black, how many of you would accept that? And nobody raised their hand. And she said, that's that's an example. And I, I raised my hand. I tend to talk a little bit. I said, well, let me ask you this. Uh, if I could uh, wave my magic wand and make you white, would you become white? And she said, probably not. And I said, if you could weigh uh, if, for a woman, if I could raise – that one and and wave it would you become a male and most women if you ask women tim mcgee would you want to become a man most women hold men in levels of disrespect the answer generally is hell no i don't want to be a man are you kidding me hell no and so it it may be racial but it's
2: not racist
1: to say that i'm happy in my own skin
2: well there's there's no question about it remember It's it's the mindset. And if if we can change the educate the mindset, then we stand a chance to change the mindset. Then we won't talk about the discrimination. Discrimination is the action part of it. The mindset is the discriminatory body of which people prejudicely judge other people, whether it's their their color or not. But let me say this. I can walk down the street myself and see a and profile an African American myself. I can look and go, "Ooh, man, that guy looks pretty rough." I'm going to go around or whatever, or my my awareness heightens. So that in itself is something I have to look at. But if we don't look, if we don't start with ourselves, where will we finish? We are heading in the wrong direction. Simply. We got, we got caught in a lull. We got complacent with the civil rights movements. We made big strides and now we're headed backwards towards the civil rights movement, backwards towards the 60s. We have to educate all these supposedly dollars out here that's supposed to be funding these, these educational uh, programs. I don't see it. I'm, and I, maybe it's just me, but we have to put this back in maybe even the schools, but we just can't have, you know, People looting and rioting every single time It's going, and I, I think that's becoming the norm, not the abnorm. I really believe we have to. When we look forward, that's what our future looks like. Mm, that's not
1: good, Tim. Tim McGee. That, that's not good at all. And a lot of white folks and black folks said that in that grand part uh, addressed by uh, President-elect Obama back in uh, 19, uh, back in twenty oh eight that we've made it. The polling was done at that point and race being a big factor in America after a year or two wasn't as much as a big factor. A lot of people said we'll never have a black president. We had a black president. We had black attorney generals. We have blacks on the U.S. Supreme Court. That The cities have... Been uh, been populated by liberal whites and African American liberals for a very long time. That's not changing anytime soon. And the cost of public education, like in Cincinnati, used to be about four thousand dollars per year per kid. Now it's seventeen thousand dollars per uh, per year per child, which is a lot more expensive than going to St. X. And so some conservatives say, "Look, we've done all we can do." And I'm, this isn't me talking; it's conservatives. We've done all we can do. Now it's up to the black community itself. To have fathers in the home, uh, to work, to pass tests. I'm told by CPS teachers that one third to 40 percent of the kids are they simply lost track of them because they're not in front of their computers and then i hear well, these kids don't have computers these kids don't have laptops these kids don't understand what it takes and so on one side of the fence i hear conservatives saying we have spent 22 trillion dollars on poverty for the past 50 years and, and poverty rate now is the same as it was before and the great majority of poor people in america are white they're not black they're, they're, numerically. The great majority are white, not black. And so there's only so much we can do. It's up to you. And so when you hear some say that we've done all these things, that's all we can do. It's up to you. How do you process that?
2: I, I don't agree with it. And, and the main reason I don't agree with is because we can't give up. We can't give up on our country because we're a part of the country. We're a big part of the country. So we have to continue to throw programs out. Who said the next one is going to work? But we got to keep trying. And that's the key. We've got to keep trying. And and, and when the conservatives look at it and say from a monetary standpoint, we're talking the humanitarian standpoint. The humanitarian standpoint is what we're talking about with the George Floyds of the world. The humanitarian standpoint is what we're talking about with the plight of the African-American male. That's what we're talking about. I understand that there are some inequalities within the African-American community versus the white communities. Yes, that's always going to be, probably, unfortunately. However, we got to continue to strive. We can't give up. They can't give up. We can't give up. I mean, what is the world? If if you look at the data, the data going to show, well, white Americans are going to be taken over by Hispanic Americans in, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. So you may be the minority. So we have to continue to Educate, educate, and educate because we can't give up. Remember, we just what we have we just witnessed the last two weeks, that can't be indicative of our future. We cannot no, no, allow no. the death nor the protest as in the rioting and the looting. That cannot be our future. So I say to those, are we going to give up or are we going to try harder? We have to try harder.
1: Tim McGee, if you had personal acts of uh, discrimination against you, uh, you came up Tennessee, uh, you've lived, may I say, a great and a charmed life. You're, you're a star at Tennessee, star with the Bengals like nine or 10 years, 90 percent of the time with the Bengals. Hey, have you had those occasions as a black male you felt discriminated against?
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I've had times where I was profiled, racially profiled. I was pulled over and, you know, given some silly tickets, whether it was a front license plate or the guy was looking through your car and run your place and detain you for a second to see. Because, again, I, I didn't drive around when <laughs> – I don't wear my uniform during my career. I didn't wear my uniform home. So, you know, being an average-sized human being, so it, it – it, Cops did not take notice to that. So at the time, there were some profiling there. There still is some profiling. However, once again, Willie, I always got to say this: we're still talking about the one percenters, the one percent of bad cops, not the ninety-nine percent of the good and great cops. I will never let them be all intermingled with the bad cops. It's the same thing that I used to experience as an athlete when athletes make stupid decisions or bonehead uh, criminal acts, and they go, why do y'all do this? Or they make this generalization about athletes. It's like, wait, 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 wait a minute. That was him and her and him and him. That had nothing to do with me. This, right. The vast majority of us are successful outside of the field as well as on the field. So I I, I From a discriminatory situation, yes. There's no question about it. It happens. Now, how you handle it, you have to be prepared. Should it happen? No. But it's the world we live in, and we have to make it better from an educational standpoint where cops or whoever don't discriminate, don't look at the color, don't look at the name, and pose a negative feeling and then action towards that person. And once we get there, which it may not be in my lifetime, but we have to continue to strive to make America better by making the people better.
1: You've been around sports most of your life. Drew Brees has stepped in a big time. He he uh, issued a missive on, uh, I think it was on uh, Twitter or one of the accounts, and he said he made comments, Drew Brees, the quarterback of New Orleans Saints, probably the most popular man outside of Joe Burrow in the entire state of Louisiana, is Drew Brees because he stayed with uh, New Orleans Saints quarterback, Super Bowl makes, I don't know, 30, 35 million bucks, gives away millions of dollars every year. And and he made a comment uh, on a, on an account in which he said he will never agree with anybody disrespecting the flag of the United States of America. And uh, he was in referencing uh, Kaepernick, who would kneel during the Star Spangled Banner. And since that time, the last two days, there's been a firestorm of activity, including a very emotional plea from Malcolm Jenkins, who one of the Stars uh, of the Saints, and uh, he's been taken a task by everybody. Drew Brees, and he had a job waiting for him. I think at Monday Night Football or something that is not going to happen. But the Instagram post uh, was uh, was about his family, about his about his uh, in laws and. Uh, and grand-
5: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
6: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time.
3: No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
0: Play for free at Luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply.
7: See website for details.
8: Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job, it's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and community safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers.
1: Parents fighting in World War II, and he said you can't respect the American, disrespect the American flag. And from that, he's been a, a pinata, a pincushion. Then he issued uh, other statements, which is more in line with Maybe what he meant to say and didn't say well. How much trouble is Drew Brees in, do you think, as the quarterback of the Saints? And will the black players and the white players on the team actually continue to, uh, uh, to uh, respect him?
2: Well, once you push that sin button, you can't take it back. You take that genie out of the bottle. It's not going back in. And sometimes you have to realize silence is your biggest asset. And in his case, what he's done in all the years, and when you look at his resume, and all the things he's done for just a phenomenal individual on and off the field, one tweet, yeah. one quote, yeah. diminishes all that. Think about that, Tim. Now, Tim, that, mm-hmm,
1: think yep. about that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. It, it was on Instagram. Well, 20 years. A, a 20 years, great career, the most respected man, and now he went from the top to the bottom with
2: one Instagram post. One. One, yep. And, and that happens all too often with politicians, entertainers, uh, just see, oh, you just gotta be careful of what you say nowadays. It's an ultra-sensitive society, and there are certain things that, let's just face it, you have to be politically correct. And uh, did he cross the line? Absolutely. Will the locker room forever be tarnished? Yes, it will be divided. There's no question about that. There will be undertones. There will be there will be conversations, There will be backstabbing. The black players probably will never trust him to the magnitude. Of which he earned their respect prior to his statement, and he has been on record as saying other things. But he gets an opinion. There's no question about it. He's opinion should be valued. It just you should know better in this day and age what you can and cannot say, and more so the consequences if you say something that goes against the values of the United States of America. And in that locker room, it's just not a very forgiving place. It is not.
1: It's not. Yeah, one time. And the thing is. Uh, many say let's have a conversation about race but it normally involves having a conversation that i agree with and if you disagree with me i'm going to punish you to make sure we don't have a conversation is that a kind of a different message to provide to to drew Brees that let's talk about race but you have to talk about it the way i want you
2: to talk about it well i i think in his case it was more of the deflection of the issue at hand, the issue at hand with Kaepernick kneeling, the messaging that Colin was sending that was very clear to most people. It was clear that he was saying, I am protesting for police brutality. And it now the message got changed uh, by the powers that be. And then the conversation, the narrative. Was, was taken over by the disrespect of the American flag. Right. I understand they both have credence, they both have time, they both have value, and I'm tremendous value. But when we're crossing them over and convoluting the messages, now in that locker room, players can't separate that. They just don't separate that. So, again, do I believe in, in anyone tarnishing the, the, the flag? Oh, my God, I'm, I'm totally 100% against it. However, if someone's protesting silently by, and demonstrating by taking a knee and he's making that very clear and then you convolute and distort the message, well, now you have problems. And again, I just want to make sure you understand because you've been in the locker room before. In the locker room, it's just a different atmosphere. No. It's not no. a forgiving place. No. They're just not going to say, oh, okay, man, it was just a misquote." you no. no. They're going to forever remember. And he is the number one in the face of the organization. So it's just not going to help him. And he may have And I would think, probably will lose his job as a future broadcaster. And it's just sad.
1: Because when I see Drew Brees, I won't think about the lack of call that put the Saints, should have put the Saints in the Super Bowl instead of the Rams. Joe Burrow, Bengals quarterback, said, quote, the black community needs our help. They've been unheard for far too long. Open your ears. Listen and speak. This isn't politics. This is human rights, unquote. Joe Burrow. He's going to become the face of the franchise. We'll see what happens in Cincinnati. Uh, Tim McGee, back to the pickleball court. And give my best to the segment, Dennison. We look forward to the day that the segment comes back.
2: All right. I'll tell him you said hello, brother. Thank you, great,
1: great number 85. Tim, let's have a conversation. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks. God bless you. Right, let's continue. The line becomes available. 513-749-7000. pounds 700. The new AT&T. Let's have the conversation but you better agree with me. Is that the message that some are sending? It's your perspective. I want to hear your voice at 513-749-7000. Bill Cunningham, News Radio 700. All right, Billy Cunningham, let's hear from you now, the American people at 513-749-7000, or pound 700, the new AT&T. There will not be a gubernatorial news conference at two o'clock today because of the memorial on uh, George Floyd that's being held in Columbus and According to Brian Combs, the governor is going to issue a, a press release of one type or another sometime this afternoon to talk about the, the racetracks, the casinos, Kings Island, other congregate settings. In about 20 minutes, uh, Brittany Ruby will be here. She's the chief operating officer of uh, Jeff Ruby's Entertainment under the leadership of uh, Jeff Ruby and uh, Charlie uh, Bledsoe to talk about what is happening at Jeff Ruby Steakhouses. Uh, they opened yesterday. So I want to get a perspective from her on what's happening in downtown Cincinnati and more. But uh, also, you can't end racism by using racism. You can't end prejudice by involving yourself in prejudice. It's kind of like an oxymoron. Uh, Condado uh, Condado Tacos in Columbus, uh, there's two in Cincinnati. There's one down by the Holy Grail and one in Oakley. And uh they accepted an order, uh Sloney talked about this yesterday, of a thousand tacos to go. And uh as the tacos were being made in Columbus, someone noted that the uh the tacos were gonna go to the police department. I'm sorry it was five hundred tacos to go on short notice because of the violent protest, and uh the chief of police and others wanted his men and women uh to eat a little of something quick and easy. So he put in the order with the taco joint and when that became apparent that uh, the staff were making tacos for police, uh, the staff walked out and uh, they refused to fulfill the order for 500 police officers. Managers at the location in Columbus told employees they didn't have to work on the order if they didn't want to. An employee said a regional manager threatened to fire those who didn't want to work on the order. One of the uh, corporate principals Of Condado tacos is the idea that we're inclusive, that we don't discriminate. Everyone is welcomed here. However, if you're a black cop in uniform, which is one of the demands of the protesters always is for the police departments to hire more black cops. uh, We're not going to even fix your order. And and it went past that in Clintonville, where one of the taco joints was located and other locations. The other locations threatened to walk out the whole staff of Condado tacos will simply walk out, quote, if our demands aren't met and they're not listening to, we will not be working for Condado any longer, said Samara Ali, who posted her email sent to executives on Twitter. It's not even a strike. It's not, we're not going to have a staff. And so, and now they have a new list of demands to make tacos. And uh, after hearing about the incident, she collected thoughts of coworkers about a proper response. Now they have a list of demands. So working at a taco joint, the staff has a list of demands. That is, they have to fire this uh, Labetti guy, who's the regional manager of Condado Tacos. He's got to be fired. Number two, there must be a formal apology to the staff. Number three, the company must donate and provide proof of donations to the Minneapolis Freedom Fund, the estate of George Floyd, which, by the way, now has well north of $10 million in the estate, and the Columbus Freedom Fund. The executives in the company began sending memos through the company scheduling app, but have not received any communication with the executives. According to. Uh, according to the website, quote, we want our employees to be heard. We will not discriminate against anyone, adding that Condado Tacos has a zero tolerance policy for racism, prejudice and discrimination that the employees believe in. And in and, and the past, they have been supportive of Black Lives Matter on social media. Uh, what is inclusive about telling police officers that we're not going to prepare your food? Is that being inclusive? I think not. There are all there's more demands being made this afternoon at City Hall, I believe. And uh, goes on to say it's not about the cost. It's not about feeding anybody. It's about reading the room and seeing what's going on in your neighborhood. Fifteen minutes away. Condado Tacos was founded 2014 in Columbus. Six locations uh, in central Ohio, two in Cincinnati. It's been expanded to uh, include other Midwest states with a total of more than 20 locations. They sell tacos, tequila, and more. And uh, when I went by the one in Oakley last night, it was packed. There were people everywhere. If you're a police officer today, and we've seen this before, haven't you and I seen this, that officers at a McDonald's drive-thru or Wendy's will be denied service by someone at the window? What message is that sending? Not just to the police officer. But to society in general, we also have another flap, another development, and that is the Catholic Archbishop of uh, Washington, D.C., African-American Archbishop Catholic Wilton Gregory denounces President Trump for visiting a shrine to Pope John Paul II. The Archbishop of Cincinnati said, quote, I find it baffling and reprehensible that any Catholic facility would allow itself to be so misused and manipulated in a fashion that violates religious principles which call us to defend the rights of all people, even those with whom we may disagree, unquote. That's what the archbishop said. Of course, that statement could be turned around and used against him. He he went on to say, since John Paul II was an ardent defender of the rights and dignity of human beings, his legacy bears vivid witness to that truth. He certainly would not condone the use of tear gas and other detergents uh, in silence, scatter or intimidate them for a photo op. And uh, the column of the Archbishop of Washington, D.C. is entitled Baffling and Reprehensible. Now, other Catholics have spoken up, saying it is strange that the Archbishop of Washington, Archbishop Gregory, would overlook the most evident display of racial disparity in our nation, which is the systematic extermination of African-Americans in the womb, aided and abetted by the liberal Catholic politicians who welcome the Archbishop's latest petulant outburst. And so we have the most pro-life president in American history saving thousands of black, white, brown lives every day through a horrible practice of abortion. But the Archbishop of Washington, playing to the media crowd, is criticizing the president for visiting a Catholic church. Uh, Edward Peters, a well-known Catholic canon lawyer and professor at Sacred Heart Seminary, tweeted that, Gregory's condemnation is devoid of any sense of Christian sentiment. Other people, so this thing is so now we have an Archbishop of uh, of uh, Archbishop Washington D.C. criticizing the president in the most uh, virulent terms for visiting a shrine to John Paul II and using that visit politically to curry favor with the mob. And then we have other Catholics criticizing that archbishop and his uh, political viewpoint. Normally, archbishops and bishops and priests do not involve themselves in politics.
0: Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome. Bonus at chumba casino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. DDW, point prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. But now all the rules, all the boundaries
1: are being broken. I find that amazing. You can't, a, a police officer cannot order a taco from Condado's tacos because I would worry about something happening to, to my taco. I, I was thinking uh, they're organizing boycotts of police. When their corporate structure is about inclusiveness and non-discrimination, so they practice non-discrimination by discriminating. They practice inclusion because of exclusion, and the employees are now in rebellion. A Condado Tacos, the one in Oakley, and the one downtown by the Holy Grail, because they don't want to make food for police officers. I'd be leery about going in there at any point to say what the hell's going to happen to my food while it's being prepared. If you're a cop, you got to be kidding me. Secondly, Eli's barbecue. Never I've eaten there twice in my life down. I think it's on River Road. And by the way, it's a very good place. So I'm reading this story yesterday that only black customers don't pay at Eli's barbecue. There's one at Findlay Market and maybe two or three other locations and and Eli barbecue has great products. So I'm looking at this and I'm thinking about Birmingham in the South that had, like, colored and white drinking fountains, as they called it at the time, that you can go this place if you're white and that place if you're black. And I know the intentions of the owner of Eli's Barbecue was good. The intention was good in his mind. But you can't, under various civil rights laws, have different price structures based upon the color of your skin. We don't want to go back to the good old days where the Democrats in the South viciously hurt, killed, and lynched African-Americans on a regular basis. So Eli's Barbecue stepped in it. I think within an hour or two, they said, wait a minute, this ain't working. I think lawyers called from government, city council, from city manager's office, and said, we know your intentions are good. But you can't have a different price structure for black and white customers. You can't say whites have to pay and blacks don't have to pay. So they quickly switched it up and said it's all free. Everything's free. And, of course, more people lined up, so they had to give everybody $2,000 worth of gift cards. I have sympathy and empathy for the owner of Eli's Barbecue, who stepped in it with the best of intentions and instead was violating federal, state, and local laws, the Human Rights Commission, the U.S. Civil Rights Commission would come down on that in a heartbeat. His intentions were good. The way he expressed it was awful. How does somebody go to a taco joint in the future Condado Tacos when the staff will not prepare tacos for the police? Do you have confidence when they wrap up your taco there in Oakley what's going to be in it that you don't know about if you're a police officer? Are you kidding me? I, I... I'm gonna, I I mentioned this yesterday. We're, we're going through 1968 all over again. Looking out my rearview mirror, I've seen what's coming. And it's happening by some claiming that we want a conversation on race. As long as you agree with me, let's have the conversation. We will be all-inclusive and non-discriminatory as long as you are not a police officer. We want to be inclusive of all customers and attitudes, but if I disagree with you, I'm not going to serve you. Where in the hell does that lead? It leads to chaos, rebellion, anarchy. It's not just tearing down the American government, it's tearing down Western civilization. It's about civilization itself. If you must be careful where you go to eat based upon your politics, we're done. When I was more actively involved in the chicken wing business, I didn't care if the chicken wing business, we served black customers, Hispanic, white, families, gay, straight, lesbian, married, unmarried, atheistic, Catholic, Jew. I wanted to sell chicken wings and make the best chicken wings I could make. Your political opinions meant nothing. Zero. But now society from the left is dividing up based upon your political belief. More than once, I've had a thought in the back of my mind, I'd like to see my food prepared. That's in my mind constantly. And after this story, Condado Tacos, not only did the employees not admit they were wrong, they're making demands on their employers as to where to contribute money and the fact they will no longer prepare food for someone in law enforcement. What's next? Someone who's white? Well, that's already happened with Eli's. I'm sorry. What, someone's Republican? Are you kidding me? What are the next set of demands coming? Can't we just get along? And today, God bless Mike DeWine, he's got dealing with a lot. News conference, supposedly today at 2 o'clock, he canceled. There's going to be a memorial service in a march in memory of George Floyd. There's, going to be, uh, there's a service this afternoon in Minneapolis, and there's going to be a burial next Tuesday in Houston, Texas, his hometown. And so I would assume that thousands and thousands are going to descend on the state capitol and march and protest, yell, scream, and shout at police. On one hand, while you can't sit and hold a drink at a bar at Silver Spring House, on the other. So those who play by the rules are getting the haircut, which is now legal. And those who don't play by the rules are encouraged by government to go out there and march and protest and demonstrate without six-foot separation, shall, we, shall I say, and many without masks of any type. This will be going on for 10 days. So how can you have a functioning society when thousands don't obey the rules about COVID-19 and it's encouraged by government and the millions that do follow the rules have their businesses basically taken away? Now I can't order a taco, a Condado taco. You can't get a taco fearing what's in the taco because the staff is issuing demands when they refuse to make uh, tacos for cops, 500 tacos to go to feed them, going through hell right now. And uh, they said they're making demands on their employer, which include do not provide service to police or law enforcement. Wow. Well, let's continue. You got me all pissed off now. Coming up after one o'clock today will be uh, will be uh, my good friend and yours, uh, Brittany Ruby, the CEO of uh, Jeff Ruby Entertainment. She opened yesterday downtown and elsewhere. I want to see the difficulties that the restaurant business is having. And, And Jeff Ruby will serve steaks and his fine lobster to anyone, irrespective of color, orientation, irrespective of marital status, irrespective of politics. He don't care. That's the way our society works. But now we have the Archbishop of Washington going after our president for going to a Catholic facility. let's continue with more. 1255, the home of your Reds, who, according to last night, Dick Williams, will be playing sometime in July, despite what you hear in the news. Bill Cunningham, the Great American Live, at your home of the Reds in July, we pray. Of course, I shouldn't say pray. I might offend somebody. On News Radio 700, WLW. I'm well, Billy Cunningham, the Great American. Uh, several weeks ago, I uh, made my rounds of the great restaurant tours in the tri-state, and uh, there's no one at the upper level better, better than uh, Brittany Ruby of the Jeff Ruby Culinary Group that has uh, seven restaurants in I think three different states. And yesterday, June 3rd was the first day they reopened. I wanted to go back around many of the great restaurant tours and find out how things went, plus other issues. Brittany Ruby. CEO of Jeff Ruby Entertainment. Welcome again to the Bill Cunningham Show. And first of all, Brittany, how did yesterday go?
7: I'm still, I just texted our group. I've been emailing and and texting our GM. We are all on cloud nine. We are absolutely, um, it's difficult to be really happy right now with everything going on, but we have to celebrate the success. And uh, our restaurants last night did very well. And just overall having uh, the, the, seeing our guests in our place is happy and supporting. I can't explain to you what that means to us. No,
1: I, I sense excitement, and I sense trepidation in your voice. That is, as a <laughs> restaurant owner, you got to feel, oh, my God, it worked, and we're open. On the other hand, so many restaurateurs are simply scared.
7: Well, we're trying not to walk in fear. We're, we're confident. Uh, we know that we're doing everything the best that we possibly can. There's so much emphasis on that. And uh, and so we're doing what we can do, but we're, we, we totally believe in celebrating successes. And right now, um, that's where we are.
1: As far as the pandemic, uh, there's been reporting out of CNBC and elsewhere, COVID-19. The recession is over. The stock market, I can't believe what's happening in the stock market. It's right. back to, like, all-time highs, which I... I don't know how Wall Street performs the way Wall Street performs when Vine Street in Cincinnati is hurting as much as it is. Can, can you process how it's like the tale of two cities that when I look at Joe Kernan, who went to St. X in the morning on Squawk Box CNBC, I see happy days are here again. And then Sunday afternoon, about one o'clock, uh, I uh, parked my car in OTR, walked around, looked around. This is after two or three nights of, of rioting and protest. And there were people sitting outside uh, eating brunch. Uh, There was a sense of back to normal. Are are you back to normal?
7: I think for us to say we're ever back to normal, that's going to take quite some time. But I do know uh, in OTR specifically, the leadership with those uh, folks down there, the restaurant folks, has just been A+. And uh, I think that they're, they're a big reason, you know, I could go on, Dan and, and Lonnie and just the folks at Bob Deck, the people who are down there, uh, in our restaurant group are, are showing what leadership is. And, and do we feel back to normal? No, we don't. We're still, we're dealing with a crisis right now. We're dealing with a pandemic. Um, we're, we're outraged by what's happening, um, from a racial standpoint. And so um, we wow. hope that there's radical change, but here we are. We still have to operate our business and so that there's peaceful protest going on. And right now, it seems like things are starting to calm down and we're happy about that.
1: Tonight, tomorrow night, I go to Carlo and Johnny's and see Charlie Bledsoe out there. Jeff Ruby's I come in now and then. If somebody would go into Jeff Ruby's on 7th uh, tonight or tomorrow night, Friday night or Saturday night, what would they see different?
7: Well, they would see a lot of space, um, socially distant uh, distant tables. Um, you'd see plexi where there wasn't already uh, divided pane windows that are uh, up the, the millwork pieces that we have around some of our booths. Uh, you would see a lot of <laughs> – I asked our GMs to get a green thumb and go get a bunch of palm trees, and so you'd see a lot of plants. One, they purify the air, and they also look great in steakhouses, and they're filling space. And you would see a lot of happy employees who are back – now, there's also, uh, there is some fear there because of what recently happened. Uh, what I can say from a pandemic standpoint is our team is doing everything and they feel so safe and happy to be back to work. You know, the two markets that, that weren't ready, they weren't confident enough. We empowered them to make those decisions. And so we opened Columbus and we opened uh, Louisville in a week because uh, we care about our staff and we're only going to open if we're all on board. And so, uh, five of those restaurants are ready to go and, um, I'm looking back at.
0: 18 plus.
7: from a financial standpoint and from a guest relations standpoint and uh it both hit it out of the park last night and i couldn't be proud of our, of our team
1: do you have some employees that are reluctant or don't want to come back to work either because they fear the virus or because government pays employees a lot of money not to go to work both things
7: sure what i have experienced talking we've surveyed our our team throughout this whole process and we are definitely listening to those who aren't uh, don't don't want to come back or aren't ready. I was worried about the unemployment. What I can tell you that what I've experienced is the amount of loyalty to our company, to our family, and I, I truly believe it um, won the culture. But but mostly that we kept them insured this entire time, and that thank you uh, is being. Just It speaks volumes when I'm in the restaurant last night and they're coming up saying we are so happy to be here and thank you for what you did for insurance and the tears. And so I sense that there is loyalty that kind of trumps uh, the fear right now and they're in it with us.
1: Brittany Ruby of Jeff Ruby Steakhouses, there's the art of the restaurant business, which your group, no one does it better. Then there's the business of the restaurant business. You, you've you gone through a lot with the PPP which had to be spent by June 30th. Relate to the American people your conversations with Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin.
7: Yeah, we had a busy week. Um, I'll try to make it quick because I know we're on a time, but I have to I have to thank the Ohio Restaurant Association and the National Restaurant Association. And, you know, one of the gifts that we know that we have at Jeff Ruby Culinary Entertainment, one of the blessings we have is, is the, the amount of connections we have. And, and my dad really has paved the way from a political standpoint. Uh, and always had very good connections. And so we used those connections to get calls. And we found out yesterday through Rubio and through McConnell uh, that there was one that was taking his time. Uh, and if anybody had a contact, so I asked my friend Tina, who said for a contact, she gave me one right away. We heard back in 30 minutes. We were on the phone with uh, his chief of staff uh, in Wisconsin. We heard, he heard us, uh, my dad, spoke from the heart on behalf of all restaurant that one more week on this PPP going back and forth, back and forth, will make or break restaurant folks. And, uh, literally on the call, it was the most insane thing I've ever experienced. Uh, his top advisor came in and said, um, they worked through these kinks, I guess, uh, in the back office, as we were talking to the chief of staff and it, it was signed right on the call. And she said, you should get an announcement of some sort with hopefully within the next 30 minutes. And about an hour later, uh, we got the news from the Ohio Restaurant Association that, that it was passed. It, it's, it's so surreal, and I'm so thankful.
1: So practically, if the money wasn't spent by June 30th because you could not open, you had to return the money, you had to have an extension of that money in order to stay uh, a viable stay in business, maybe not your group, but so many other groups, have got to have that money, and the law was written in such an effect. You had to spend it by June 30th, but if you were shut down, you couldn't spend it by June 30th, and you wanted it extend it. was a catch-22, correct?
7: Correct, and the problem was, like, for us specifically, this eight weeks would have been up June 13th for us. So the fact that we get to use that capital right now to keep the company afloat and for the next, uh, you know, it's 24 weeks total, so was 16 weeks, uh for all of us that were in that boat and and he had both mcconnell and johnson had some technical details and provisions they wanted in there that we w- w- agreed with uh to to make it more favorable to small businesses uh and so um if anything i think that the beauty was that we were really able to express how how critical the timing is and please don't hold this thing up anymore get it passed it's got to go back and redline great but we we are good with what the house passed we are good with what the national restaurant association uh put forth and um and it was just truly i sat down on my back porch with my father last night uh what he did on that call was incredible what the ohio restaurant association has done is incredible and we just toasted and cheers to people in our restaurants and getting this uh having just a small part in this ppp thing was really
1: such a blessing so you, you think that'll be law and the money will be available over a six month period which allows you to continue at least through uh, september when things might be back to normal
7: i hope it gets signed today I, I don't expect that it would you know i have no reason to believe it wouldn't be yes yeah.
1: so here you are the daughter of a living legend jeff ruby you're running great restaurant with seven seven i don't know how many employees you might you might you have hundreds of employees things are great and suddenly an asteroid hits and and then, and then and then here comes a comet, and it's back to back. What else can happen?
7: Well, truly, there was one the size I hear of uh, the Empire State Building that was headed. I mean, I was laughing at John Lonnie who said they're joking that a giraffe might be coming down Main Street. I mean, truly, every day. That's what I said. We had we had a great twelve hours. Let's keep this trend going. You know,
1: <laughs> twelve hours. And at the core of this is the idea that you have to work. Keep hundreds of people of employed at Jeff Ruby Steakhouses, produce a wonderful product, and also run a business. While there's things happening over which you have absolutely no control—zero, none—the
7: uh, only thing I can do is pray and keep a positive attitude, and lean on our team, and lean on our culture, lean on my family, and um, and and take it truly day by day. If you ever had that sense where you yeah. can't worry about what tomorrow brings, you can only, you know. Be in the moment and and we've been forecasting worst case scenarios and and preparing for worst case scenarios but at the same time we've got to learn to live in the moment and celebrate the successes and that's where we are today
1: (laughs) Did, did the protest and the riots affect any of your stores especially the one on 7th street
7: it did, but not to the extent we thought, just from a reservation standpoint. Sure, we dropped, but we were able to, uh, there were still a ton of people in the, in the, in, in the restaurant last night. We still, uh, a ton, I mean, within six feet of each other. Haha. <laughs> um, but also some of that trans, uh, we were able to transfer to the precinct. And so consolidated wise, we were right where we wanted to be. We're still fighting for our lives. We are still, you know, hoping people continue to feel confident dining out. Uh, every restaurant is, but, It was slightly impacted, uh, but not much. I think we're we're, we're hopefully uh, in a position now where things are starting to uh, calm down downtown, and that's what we experienced.
1: Brittany Ruby, the bar at at Jeff Ruby Steakhouse is wonderful. Are the rules such now you can't have someone sitting at the bar except six feet apart and nobody can stand with a drink? Are those rules still in effect?
7: That's still an effect that you can't stand, but we are taking reservations and seating in the bar as if it's a dining room. So, each if you're a, you know a deuce coming in, you are seated at the bar and six feet away from there could be a four top.
1: What about the band? You always had a band there, and Carlo and John. What about a band?
7: We are technically allowed uh, from the from the um, Ohio side. I know that we are allowed to as long as they're social distancing. But for now, we've just decided. Uh, we made the decision to—it's just music, but there's nothing that would make us happier to be able to financially support and get our entertainment back. Uh, but right now, we're we're still blaring Sinatra. Unfortunately, it's not live, but there's still a good vibe. Uh, <laughs> but but the goal is to bring those those folks back because they're part of our extended family as well.
1: Brittany Ruby, congratulations! Uh, I don't know how many more mountains are in front. Uh, normally, when you look behind <laughs> you, you see what's going to happen in the future. I did not think. In 1968, when I was a student at Xavier, with the massive rioting that took place almost every summer in Cincinnati, with burning down large numbers of sections of Avondale and Evanston, I would ever see that again. And we're not quite the
7: same thing.
1: Yeah. if, If you lived in 1968, you thought the country was coming apart. And from that, we grew and got better. And I hope we can look back maybe in 50 years. I may not look back with you. And your daddy may not look back with you. But I hope in 50 years you can look back to 2020 and have the same feelings about that as most of us had about 1968.
7: Well, if I know your heart and I know my father's heart, you you, you won't be looking at it. You will be looking down with us. And
1: you'll <laughs> yes. <laughs>
7: hopefully.
1: Be yes. Ready. All right. Good luck. So the facilities are open, uh, open for business. Reservations are uh, requested. In fact, might be required. The beat goes on. But Brittany Ruby, if there's going to be a fight to take a hill in the restaurant business, I I want you on my right. I want your dad on my left. Let's go get it. That's what I said. Thank
7: you so much. That means the world. Thank you so much, Phil.
1: Brittany Ruby, thank you very much. Thank you. All right, let's continue with more. Wow. And I would point out that there is a taco shop, which I've been to one time, named uh, Condado Tacos in Texas. They accepted an order from law enforcement for 1,000 tacos to go. And all the employees worked, walked out en masse. They would not prepare them because it was law enforcement. Condado. Am I saying that correctly, Tony Bender, you think? Condado Tacos. There's one downtown across from the Holy Grail, and there's one in Oakley. And the employees walked out. They would not prepare the food for police officers. Let's get your reaction to that and more, and the line becomes available. 513-749-7000. Seven, 7, Pound 700, the new AT&T. Bill Cunningham, News Radio 700 WLW. And of course, uh, I want to welcome uh, Chris Wingate of WingateMechanical.com, new advertiser of the Bill Cunningham Show, HVAC. Had, came over to service one of my HVACs with, uh, of course, with Tempstar, did a great job. WingateMechanical.com, HVAC Plumbing Electrical. Say hi to Chris Wingate at WingateMechanical.com, they do great work, and a Tempstar dealer with special pricing. And uh, go online, WingateMechanical.com. Now, as is my desire to interact, I solicit the opinions of others that I disagree with. And if we have a conversation, it needs to go back and forth. It's not one way or the highway. Normally, a racial conversation means let's talk about this issue until you accept what I'm going to say. And I do not accept what you're going to say. Therefore, you're going to be punished for it. That's not much of a conversation. So if someone like Drew Brees who's like the face of the National Football League with charitable giving, can be in this racial malstorm as I speak. Anybody is subject to the same thing. He posted some things on Instagram that tended to diminish the activities of Colin Kaepernick when he was kneeling like four or five years ago. And he said, I will never respect anyone uh, who disrespects the American flag. And since then, all the way from from, uh, LeBron James, every NFL player, uh, including some of his own teammates, have said they're kind of done with him, and now he's uh, issued revision of what he meant, and even that's not acceptable. One can imagine. One can imagine what's going to happen when the National Football League begins. The number of protests that are going to be go- going on will be o- will be over the top. I guess the Star-Spangled Banner now will be a, a political protest that one one cannot compliment the American flag without catching unwithering criticisms from everyone around him, including those who know him the best. I'm told, I don't know the guy, never met him, but I'm told he's like the best kind of person you ever want to have on a team, works hard, gives away money, buys special uh, watches and takes the team out to dinner, gave $5 million out of his own pocket for COVID-19 relief in New Orleans, where 75% of the victims of COVID-19 in New Orleans were black, and uh, Cole, and in this case, uh, Drew Brees stepped up and said, "I'm giving five million dollars to alleviate this suffering." He had one Instagram posting, like two days ago, in which he said that he doesn't respect anyone who disrespects the American flag, and that was taken off as just pile on top of uh, of Drew Brees. And it goes on and on and on. Let's take some calls. I love the American people. We have John William and uh, and Nancy. We have three lines open. If you call seven four nine seven thousand. And things are open with me until at least 3 o'clock today. The governor was scheduled to speak at 2, but according to his office, out of respect. With lucky
5: landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
6: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
3: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase
7: necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For
1: the memorial service of George Floyd at 2 o'clock today that uh, the governor will not speak. And, of course, all the governors are encouraging uh, protesting, and uh, which involves no social distancing whatsoever. And one of the more absurd things coming out of, uh, of New York is that Governor Murphy in New Jersey, of course, Cuomo, in New York, and Mayor de Blasio, say protesting police brutality is more important than protesting COVID lockdowns. Some have said, how come there's all these rules about COVID lockdowns, about distancing, and the same thing doesn't apply when it comes to protesting? And uh, Murphy said, quote, it's one thing to protest what nail salons uh, are opening. It's another to come out in peaceful protest overwhelmingly, about somebody who was murdered right before our eyes. I agree. He was murdered. I'm with you on that. But he went on to say, uh, among other things, that uh, when there's an outbreak later on of COVID-19, quote, let's be clear about one thing. If there's a spike in coronavirus in the next two weeks, don't blame the protesters, blame racism. According to the uh, New York City Council's Health Committee chairman, a guy named Mark D. Levine, Then also NPR, National Public Radio, dozens of public health officials and disease experts have signed an open letter in support of the nationwide anti-racism protest. Quote, white supremacy is a lethal public health issue that predates and contributes to COVID-19, unquote. So if there's a spike in COVID-19, blame racism. If people die, blame racism. It looks to me. Uh, I'd rather see everybody healthy, but uh, prompting a debate about whether the economic shutdown is heading in the right direction. But somehow I've been told by Sanjay Gupta and others that this uh, virus doesn't discriminate between black and white, between good causes and bad causes. And nobody's in favor of racism that I know. Nobody's in favor of things like police brutality or institutional racism. Nobody's in favor of that. White privilege, nobody's in favor of more, more or less. I'm not in favor of any of that stuff. But we're now told by the liberals that liberals can disregard COVID-19 warnings as long as you're marching and spitting and aerosoling spit and bodily fluids at police officers and don't give them a taco, a condado tacos, or maybe give them something through a drive through window. You can't get those items because you're a cop. But on the other hand, if you own a business... You must pay attention to what we're saying. And if you don't pay attention to what we're saying, we're going to lock you down. And if you protest what we're saying, we're going to order you out of the public square. And you can't go to church on Easter Sunday morning if you're a Christian. You can't do that. But uh, these liberals are saying that uh, COVID-19 should not impact large numbers of people that are marching around. And if it does, then racism is the cause. I think I've lost my mind. Let's continue now with your calls. We have John, William, and Nancy. We have two lines open at 513-749-7000. John, welcome to the Bill Cunningham Show. John, go ahead. Are you there, Willie? Uh, I'm losing my mind. Willie? Really? Yes, I'm here. I'm
4: sorry. Go oh, ahead. Great. Yeah. Um, yeah, my name's John, bud. I've been trying to get a hold of you for a while. My daughter graduated from St. Clare College back in May, along with uh, 22 other young ladies. And 151 girls, well, mostly ladies, in the, in the state of Ohio, and they can't get their license. They take five tests to get their license. They can't take the final test because the governor won't sign an executive order to waive that until October. What do you think I, about that?
1: Well, we have a governor that encourages and supports large gatherings to protest police violence, which all of us are against. However, we also have a governor that will not allow at a, at a wedding uh, individuals to dance together. And I guess you're telling me, Jimmy, who works here, uh, tells me that uh, the governor will not allow this kind of testing because it might be dangerous to have a, a young person get a test to get a driver's license, which is the key to going on planes, all kind of stuff. But there's going to be thousands marching around Columbus at 2 o'clock today to commemorate the legacy of George Floyd and the governor's okay with
4: that. Well, in your words, I'm urinated off. Perfectly. <laughs> hey. And you know, I know you got fired a couple of weeks ago over our little our little princess, uh, who's in charge of our health care system in the uh, in the state of Ohio. And he called you within five minutes. But see, he's he's real mad at you right now, isn't he?
1: Well, you might say that, but, uh, you know, we've been friends for so long. At some point, he will call me on a Sunday night or I'll I'll call him and uh, we'll get back together. I, j- I just I like him personally. I like Fran personally. But the governor is wrong about locking down large parts of our society while opening up large areas to protest, engage in the exact activity you're not supposed to do. There ought to be. Look. If you're going to arrest people who are going to go to church on Easter Sunday or tell those wanting to get a driver's license, you can't do that because there might be a three-foot separation between the driver and the person watching the young person drive. We can't have that. But then say, on the other hand, thousands can march around, destroy property in Columbus, shut down the Ohio Supreme Court, and actually spit at police officers. Well, you have to understand they're venting, and that's okay. So protesting covid Lockdowns is illegal, but protesting police violence is not and to me to, to me, police violence is wrong. it should never happen. I have statistics by the way out of the out of the Washington Post in the year two thousand and nineteen, there was a total of ten African Americans unarmed, shot by police, not ten thousand I mean ten, and of the ten there's explanations for most of those ten. There's 10 million arrests every year in America, 10 million arrests, and that doesn't include the other contacts that don't result in an arrest. If there's 10 million arrests in America, and according to the Washington Post, there are 10 examples of black men being shot by police that are unarmed, and many of those that were unarmed were using a car to try to run down a cop. And so we're dealing with an infinitesimal problem that I'm sure it it exists because I watched one time that George... Floyd murder, and I watched that and I can't believe that I'm seeing that. But that is a rare uh, occurrence. It is extremely rare. If there's 10,000, I'm sorry, if there's 10 million arrests and less than 10 result in uh, police violence against a black guy resulting in death who's unarmed, to me that is not a systemic problem. Those are individual acts, uh, individual cop criminals that need to be dealt with. But to say that individual police officers are part of a racist system, that is wrong.
4: Yes, and, and I agree with that 100%. And, and I live very close to uh, Yellow Springs. I've been fighting going for years. I participated in fundraisers. i voted for that guy from district attorney all the way to where he is now every time. And right now, he, I, I wouldn't vote for him for nothing. He has got me so upset. It's blah, 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 blah. He wants to have a press conference every day so he can seem like he can, you know, listen to himself talk and tell us the same stuff. Wash your hands. Don't do this. Let's have a puppet show. It's madness. It's, uh, here's something for the people who want to work, which is ninety percent of the people that I know. We're like ninety-nine percent of the people that I know. I'm standing in a front yard right now. I just got my own two acres. This is what I do every day. People that work just say, it. "Conduct of character, get an education, go to school, you don't have kids out of wedlock." All those things count. And now these young ladies I'm talking about, they did all of this. they get nothing in return. They all home. They all have jobs, and their jobs are going to disappear because they can't take one test where they have to physically go in someone's mouth and use a water instrument. And no dentist is allowed to do that either at this point, and that's why they're saying, well, you can't, do, you can't take the test as a dentist. All you has to do is find a way to say, okay, you can get it. You can go sure. do this. You've passed sure. all the criteria. Every yeah. one of them has passed all of the criteria, but you can't go to work. What's how many how many thousands of
1: new drivers black white brown and otherwise are waiting for the governor's signature on a piece of paper and he refuses to do it. Yeah. And, my and, and what's winner. the reason? What's the reason? I mean the because. reason is what? What? Because. Because. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What? Well, because. Well, what? Can you tell me why all these millions of people are protesting around America exchanging bodily fluids and throwing things at cops late into the night and, and that is encouraged by the governors and mayors, but normal people, black, white and otherwise, who simply want to get about their work can't do it. And and one last thing, John, then we gotta go. Forty percent of those who have been unemployed the past two and a half months aren't coming back. Let's go to William on a cell phone, then Nancy. William William, go ahead.
8: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm really concerned about how it seems like we've become really, really weak. And what I mean is, you know, there's no rule of law, accountability. Uh, you know, I don't, whites and blacks, you know, we either get along or we don't. Republicans, Democrats, you get along or you don't. You're either pro life or you're not. Uh, but the, but the fact of the matter is, we're always going to be different. Look at these look at the, State of the Union, you got Democrats that won't stand up for the president, what kind of, you know, what kind of stuff is that? So, I guess from the top, from the top looking down, if we can't get these politicians to respect each other, how do you, white and black, it just is what it is. Sometimes we have to accept that there's rule of law, if you've got protests and you're going to protest, there's a law out there, you're allowed to do it, You're you're literally allowed to do it. You just can't burn down things and you can't, you know set things on fire, and you go crazy with it. it. That's what I don't
1: understand. William, from my perspective, there ought to be one set of rules and regulations that apply to everybody irrespective of race, gender, sexual orientation. And uh, yeah, it thought- needs to apply. And then if you violate those rules, there's consequences. And if there's consequences, you deal with them. But to have the New York City Health Commissioner say, if the coronavirus strikes in the Big Apple... Blame racism, not the rioters. That is ridiculous. You have to take responsibility for your own health. And how do we have governors and otherwise who say the business owners can't open because of COVID-19? But on the other hand, they're encouraging thousands to march and throw liquids at police. And that's their constitutional right. Well, William, you're breaking up. we got to go. And thanks for your call. Let's go to Nancy on his cell phone. Nancy, go ahead. You're with Bill Cunningham on 700 WLW. Nancy, go ahead.
5: Hi, hi, Willie. Hey, you know, I'm always giving my opinion another two cents. So let me start off first by congratulating um, Brittany, Ruby Miller, and Mr. Jeff Ruby for all they do for our great city and uh, putting us on the national stage and getting the restaurants and the entertainment district open up downtown and throughout um, you know greater Cincinnati. So first, I want to give kudos to them. Second of all, um, your, your previous caller, let me, as someone who's been part of a protest, March Against Monsanto, you may be familiar with us. We, um, for years, have marched against the Monsanto um, for health reasons and other things that took place. And we do that, specifically, we did that during Memorial Day weekend when Taste of Cincinnati took place. And I was one of the featured speakers because I firmly believe that a rare autoimmune health condition that I have was attributed to the toxins from Monsanto. But before we get up on that tangent, let me go back to address the difference between being a protester and being a looter. I totally agree with you that the law should apply no matter what, race, gender, sexual orientation, et cetera, because otherwise that would be discrimination. But I want to make the point to those out there that there is a difference between being a lawful and peace-abiding protester and being a looter, and violence is never the answer. And if someone... Who was here in, here in Cincinnati in 2001? Very involved with city in many forms of volunteerism, whether that be political um, things downtown. There, we recovered from the riots, and I want to send the message to Greater Cincinnati that we are going to recover from this. And the reason Cincinnati is going to recover is because, if you remember Willie, we were known as the blue chip city, right?
3: Yep. Yep.
5: And the blue chip city recovers epicenters severe economic downturns and these latest numbers that are coming out unemployment earnings will come out on friday the reason that cincinnati thrives is because we can recover we can push through this because we've seen it before it happened in 2001 and we will make it but we need to stick to like you said let's have these those rules that are out there and they should apply for all but there it needs to be the distinction between a looter and a protester as well as I hear what you're saying, like the governor is encouraging, but he's encouraging peaceful protests. Now, what's going on in New York City? I can't speak for that and what that gentleman said as far as that, you know, racism is inciting, you know, whatever that quote was that you said. Right. Because I think when you go down that pathway as someone who's in authority, whether it be a governor, a mayor, whatever, our, you know, president, DT, um, you you don't want to incite further violence. I mean, how many nights of this have gone on now? So we need to, again, I've said this before, we need to come together as a nation, come together as a city, and let's work through this and have the dialogue. Again, I want to um, also say, as a volunteer for the Freedom Center, the perfect place here in Cincinnati to do that is at the Freedom Center.
1: Nancy, thank you. Great comments. Let's continue with more. Uh, we had scheduled the governor at 2 o'clock today, but uh, he's taking the day off to Honor the legacy of uh, George Floyd and, and the so called protest happening at 2 o'clock today. So let's continue with more. You and me and many others. 513 7000 or Pound 700, the new AT&T. Bill Cunningham, The Great American Live at your home of the Reds, hopefully in July. News Radio 700, WLW. You know, the day I
4: was born. The all gathered around. and wide wonder. Joy they found. The head nurse spoke up, said, so Leave this one alone. She could tell right away that I was bad to the
3: bone.
4: Bad to the bone. Bad to the
1: bone. Now right, Billy Cunningham, the great American, we have scheduled, as you know, the two o'clock news conference with the governor. He has requested that all Ohioans observe a moment of silent reflection. On the passing, the legacy of George Floyd, and uh, therefore he will not come on. There are many waiting for more orders about when they can open to the functional part of our society that would actually pay attention to orders. And so there are many, many millions of Ohioans wanting to know when is uh, King's Island going to be open? What about uh, more or less restrictions on weddings and other mass gatherings? What about the casinos? Things of that character. Well, that has to wait. And... uh, Condado Tacos accepted an order from law enforcement in Columbus and walked out. The employees would not make it. They would not make the tacos for police officers. And uh, they walked out, uh, and they were ordered back to work by some regional manager at uh, Condado. And guess what happened? Uh, They now may have more demands. The employees making the tacos demand that they be given the permission not to serve law enforcement. Condado Tacos, which is down by the Holy Grail and also in Oakley. And uh, on Thursday, there's more statements coming out from uh, the company. Employees at the Polaris location in central Ohio expressed discomfort with having to fill an order of 500 tacos for law enforcement officers on short notice because of the ongoing violent protest spurred by the death of George Floyd. The Minneapolis man killed in police custody after managers at the location told some employees they didn't have to have to work if they don't want to on that taco order. Some district managers said, yes, you do. Then when that happened, now the employees are saying, look, you, you either fire that district manager or we're going to make this even bigger and protest. And boy, these are the employees who will not work making tacos for cops. I'm also getting some report, which we're going to pursue more tomorrow, that Metro has told the Cincinnati police that they can, cannot uh, lease their buses in order to transport large numbers of Protesters slash uh, rioters uh, to jail, and uh, we're going to pursue that more tomorrow. I'm getting reports on that. We'll see. And uh, according to one of the employees at the taco joint, if our demands are not met and they're not listening to us, we will not be working for Condado anymore. It's not even a strike. It's that, it's that they're not going to have a staff. And now uh, the taco joints issuing a statement. By the way, one of the core principles. Of the taco joint is inclusiveness and non-discrimination, except when it comes to police officers. Black cops cannot get served a taco. That's where we are. I know facts don't matter in this environment. But uh, we have thousands. I got to get to the calls. I know facts don't matter. Uh, According to The Washington Post, not exactly a conservative publication, there's about 10 million arrests in America every year. 10 million And that does not include, on top of that, all the contacts not resulting in an arrest. But of the 10 million arrests every year in America, you're twice as likely to be killed by a cop if you're white than black. Secondly, there's a total of 10 unarmed black men killed in the year 2019 in the United States of America, out of the more than 10 million, we're talking about 10, and when you go through each of those 10 Uh, Some of the weapons, so to speak, used by unarmed black men included motor vehicles, fists and clubs. So uh, the fact of the matter is there is not an epidemic of police violence against anybody in America. And you're more than twice as likely to be shot if you're white than black. None of that matters either. And for the last 50 years, every major city uh, police department in this country it's been controlled by liberal progressives, and it's gone on for 50 years. But now the uh, protesters are making more demands on city council that many are going to bow their head and simply accept, even though our police chief, who's a superstar, of course, he's a Xavier graduate, uh, was uh, applauded by city council yesterday for the work that he's done. And uh, our police chief, uh, Elliot Isaac, has been fabulous, by the way, and you might know he's black. And you might know the city manager is black. Here's the central question. i got to go back to the calls, of course. The central question is this. Do you think over the last several years in Cincinnati that the black police chiefs and the black city managers and for eight of the last uh, 15 years, the black mayor, all presided over a racist organization called the Cincinnati police and that they knew what was going on? And numerous black individuals in control of that institution that was racist failed to act to uh, cure their own racism. Is that conceivable? Of course not. It's not, it's, it's inconceivable. And if uh, racism is a public health crisis, and if five hundred thousand Americans die every year of cancer or, or, of the lungs, isn't aren't cigarettes a public health crisis? How about alcohol? Is that a public health crisis? Of course. Along with racism, is a public health crisis? Well, of course. If that's the definition, then all of them are public health crises. So uh, let's continue with more. We have thousands on hold. Let's go to Brandon, John, Pat, and many others. 513-749-7000. By the way, the chair of the New York City Health Committee says that if COVID-19 spikes in the Big Apple, blame racism, don't blame the rioters, according to the chair of the New York City Public Health Committee. And, Brandon, welcome to the Bill Cunningham Show. Brandon, go ahead.
4: Hey, hey, Bill. First and foremost, I want to say I love your show. I respect you. you to death, and Thank I you. love what you're saying out here. Secondly, you know, we're talking about riots and Black Lives Matters, but why aren't we talking about the 115% increase in the murder rate of black-on-black crime in Cincinnati? Why are we talking about Sheriff Jim Neal letting people out of jail and they're getting killed? Why aren't we talking about those issues where there are problems in the African-American community that they need to deal with themselves? Willie, I'm going to jump off let you answer those questions. Thank you.
1: Well, you know, I deal with facts. I only deal with facts. I deal with nothing but facts. And uh, the fact of the matter is you are 700 times more likely to be killed by a black male if you're black than by the police. Now, I know, I know facts don't matter. I, I know it's irrelevant. But if there's an epidemic of police violence, it is unrecognized by anyone who objectively looks at facts. Now, George Floyd was murdered, and I've said that so many times, I can't stand it. But the fact of the matter is here are some facts. How about the Centers for Disease Control? Is that a somewhat uh, august body? Brandon, now listen up. Uh, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, From the data of the FBI and the Department of Justice, police killings of blacks declined 80 percent, 80 percent from 1970 to 2020, 80 percent reduction, while police killings of whites have flatlined. In 2017, according to the National Vital Statistics Report, non-Hispanic blacks, that, by the way, are whites, non-Hispanic blacks. We're eight times more likely to be a victim of a homicide than non-Hispanic whites in a homicide rate. The number one cause of preventable death for young white men is accidents, car accidents, second and drownings. The number one reason for death preventable for young black men, number one, is homicide at the hands of another young black male. Here's Here's more facts from the CDC. In 2018, There were approximately 7,500 black homicide victims, 7,500 in the year 2018. In the year 2019, there were 10 black men unarmed killed by police. Well, I ask you the question, does that indicate institutional bias? The police have averaged killing. Now, here's the overall numbers. The police have averaged killing about 1,000 Americans per year the past five years. Of that number, half are white, 50 percent, 25 percent are black, with the other races commanding the rest of that percentage. So of the approximately 1,000 killed by cops every year for all kinds of good reasons, such as they were being shot, the assailant was shooting the police. They weren't unarmed. They were armed with various things. Of the approximately 1,000 killed by cops, less than 4 percent involved a white police officer and an unarmed black man. It It is extremely rare. By any objective standard, there's no systematic abuse of black suspects by the cops. If anything, police are more hesitant, reluctant to use deadly force against a black suspect than a white suspect. How about this one? Regarding threats to police from blacks, a police officer is 18 times more likely to be killed by a black male than an unarmed black male being killed by a cop. Does any of this matter? And think about it just reasonably and logically as Matt Diamond would do. If you're a white cop and you're apprehending or seeking to apprehend someone who's black. Is there any way on God's green earth you're going to go overboard in arresting that person? The answer, of course, is no.
0: for free at luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
7: See website for details.
1: More likely to be killed by a black cop than a white cop. The white cop says, "Holy crap. Am I going to put myself through this for the next several years? And if things go awry and I have to make a split second decision that's wrong, am I going to prison for the rest of my life?" That is why it's even more it's even to me more flabbergasting. It's unbelievable. That officer Derek Chalvin and his three compatriots, knowing they were in broad daylight on a city street in Minneapolis, being videoed with body cams on, that they could actually do what they did. It's truly unbelievable that he would have done this, uh, knowing what was coming. It, 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 it does happen, but it is so rare that you kind of know the names. Of Sandra Bland and Trayvon Martin and, and, and uh, Michael Brown and George Floyd and Laquan McDonald, you kind of it happens so rarely that the names jump out at you when there's 10 million arrests every year. Washington Post, according to the Washington Post, the police killed 10 unarmed black, unarmed black men last year. They killed 20 unarmed whites. And so I look at these numbers and I'm thinking, OK, what are the demands? The demands are that that the demands are quit engaging in police violence. Who's in favor of that? Are you in favor of that? Do you want police brutality? Just reason, logic has no place when you're dealing with such raw emotion. And when I speak to my black brothers and sisters, they tell me in a raw fashion. They're very emotional about this, about the talk and being careful. Uh, I know when I see, I'm, I'm pulled over every now and every few years. I'm pulled over for for some traffic violation. And I've had the talk with my son saying, this is what you do. This is what you don't do. You be careful. And even though I am who I am, I put my hands at 10 and two. When the officer walks up, I said, good morning or good afternoon, whatever it is, officer, I'm a concealed carry permit holder. First thing I say, and then he says, let me see your license, your registration. Where's the gun? I'll say it's under my seat. I'll say, Okay. One time, the cop said, let me see it. And I said, officer, I don't feel comfortable showing you my gun. I don't feel comfortable. It happens to white Americans regularly, but it's not reported as a problem. If it happens to you, it's a crisis. If it happens to someone else, it's a problem. And so there is no evidence of massive police violence against anybody, especially black males, Especially. But the evidence, the facts don't matter. And the national media will not tell you that last year, according to the Washington Post, the police in the entire country killed 10 unarmed black men. And most of them were justified. Four of the 10 resulted in indictments of police because because they committed. There will be crimes committed by cops. No question. They will occur. But to say Minneapolis in 2020 It's like Birmingham in the 1950s is ridiculous, ridiculous. By the way, in Birmingham, Alabama, uh, the mayor for many years has been a Democrat. And now he's a young black liberal. And the in the U.S. District House seat is occupied by an African-American in Birmingham. And the vice president of city council is black, as is the state the state attorney general in Alabama is black. And so when I hear nothing has changed. You're kind of ignoring the facts. Institutional racism. Well, who's in charge of the institution? Those would be liberal Democrats for the last 50 years. So let's continue. Thousands on hold. Millions are listening. Your calls. Let's continue. 513 One good thing I heard on a completely unrelated matter is that Dick Williams, the GM of the Reds, said last night on the Hot Stove League that it appears They're heading toward a deal, because when I look at ESPN reporting of uh, all the so-called experts, I don't get that sense. But from the inside, they're kind of heading toward a deal. It ought to be 81 games, 80 games or whatever. Let's play baseball and see what happens. But everything's going to be politicized for the next several months. And God help you if you have a different opinion about race relations than the mainstream media. Try telling that to Drew Brees. If you've got a different, everyone wants a conversation on race as long as you agree with what the other party is saying. So let's continue with more. 24 minutes after the hour, Bill Cunningham, The Great American Live at home of the Reds, News Radio 700, WLW. I have a statement here from Condado that a good friend of mine, Bob Ryan, sent me a text and said, uh, Have you seen their statement? So uh, Matt Diamonds run it off for me. The taco joint says, Tacos, tequilas, and margaritas. We want to clear the air on any misinformation posted on social media amid demonstrations, protesting the killing of George Floyd. Three of our team members got into a heated discussion with management over fulfilling an order from members of the Ohio highway patrol at our Polaris restaurant, because we understand the emotions and tensions are being raw. We offered those employees the option to sit out making that order for the police without repercussions because of their principles and feelings they chose not to complete their work shift and left the restaurant. We respect their feelings and their right to remove themselves from the situation. We did not fire these team members. We want to make it clear that they are welcome to return. It is their choice. But they must understand that Condado Tacos, one's in Oakley, one's downtown at the banks, is an inclusive business and we will continue to serve everyone, including law enforcement. We celebrate individuality and the strength it brings to our company. By choosing not to serve a particular group, in this case, law enforcement, in and, in and of itself is discrimination. It goes against our core values to welcome and serve everyone. We will continue to spread love and not hate. That's a statement from Corporately. And lastly, in Baltimore in 2015, a black man named Freddie Gray died in police custody with a straight face. The, uh, those representing Baltimore said there was institutional racism in Baltimore. At that point, the mayor was a black female. The top two officials in the police department were black. The city council was majority black. The state attorney who brought the charges against the six officers were black. Three of the six charge officers were black. The judge who tried the cases that were available were black. The U.S. Attorney General was black and the president was black. And, and they all were responsible for institution, institutional racism. Are you kidding me? Are they part of the institution from Obama down the city council members in Baltimore that caused the institutional racism to occur did they correct it absolutely not they said there was racism involved and i guess they were part of it let's continue with more bill cunningham news radio 700 wlw Right now, uh, let's continue with more. Coming up in about 18 minutes, we have uh, Alicia Lipton. will be here about a blood crisis because of COVID-19 and more. And uh, The Rock uh, is with us now. I had on earlier today the great number 85 Tim McGee of Tennessee mm-hmm. and the Bengals, and he related to his feelings about uh, living black in America. And I made this reference that you may appreciate being a Sanex boy. I'm sitting in the African-American studies class at Xavier University in 1970. And this was a terrible time between 65 and 1970, cities burning, assassinations. I thought the country was going through a revolution. I mean, I, I tell stories about what was going on then. People, young people today say it couldn't happen. So I'm in this class. And one of the first things the professor did is African-American female was saying, if I have a magic wand and I could wave it and I could make you black, how many of you kids in this room we were all like 19, 20-year-old white Catholic boys? I'm right. sure with pocket protectors and white anklets. I mean. <laughs> and nobody raised her hand. And she said, see, that's racism. And I raised my hand, as I often would have done. I said, now, want to ask you a question. If I had a magic wand and I could wave it and make you white, would you do She said, no, I wouldn't do that. And I said, the reason is, the reason I wouldn't do it is because my orientation is toward my mom, my brothers, my sisters, my and my buddies, except for Damon Ferris and some other black guys I ran with. I, I like my own skin. It's not being racist. It's not not even being racial. And I said, "How many? Uh, if you could wave that wand and and ask a woman, would would you want to be a man?" Almost all of them say, "Hell no! I, don't, <laughs> I want nothing to do with that species." Correct. It doesn't mean you're sexist or racist. It means that you're kind of happy the way you are. Now I'm happy. Well, and you're
3: maybe proud of, of who uh-huh. you I'm are, as everyone a, should a be. Bit. Yeah.
1: But if you say I'm proud of my white skin, oh no, but you can But uh, I'm uh, I'm black and I'm proud. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I'm white and I'm proud. Hell no. Mm -hmm. i got a problem. And one last thing. I'm looking in 2015, Freddie Gray in uh, Baltimore was in police custody. And all the cries were, and and that was during your buddy Barack Hussein Obama was in the White House. He talked about all the institutional racism in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. At the time, the police chief was a black female implementing the racism in the institution. The two officials in the police department investigating this, the police chief and assistant chief, they were black. The city council was majority black and all Democrats. The state attorney who brought the charges against the six officers, you may recall, was a black female. Three of the six charged officers were black. The judge handling the case was black. The U.S. Attorney General was black. And the president was black. And they, they they decried the institution of racism in Baltimore that they were in charge of. And the last time there was a Republican in Baltimore in city council was 1922. So it's been about 100 years. And so if all these black liberals said there's institutional racism, why didn't they correct it?
3: I don't know, Willie. I I just The thing I've been thinking about a lot today is I I would hate to be a player in an NFL locker room right now. Because I feel like it would be vastly different from the experience I had, which was, I've often said, I've... Loved an NFL locker room, and if things in the country could go how locker rooms, in my experience, go, things would be pretty good. You can't say that. No, because in my experience was that when it was fourth and one, and we needed somebody to make a stop, no one cared who made it. Black guy, white guy, rich guy, poor guy, nobody cared about that, but. Notre Dame or uh, no, did no. HBUC didn't no, make any it difference. Made made no made difference. Make the stop.
1: It's about performance, not skin color.
3: Performance, skin color, and and if you made the stop, everybody universally would would love you, including the fans in the stands. No fan in the stands cared about that either, right? But no. I, I just feel like it's, I don't know. I feel like it's different right now. I, I think social media has really pushed people into camps. Right, everyone has their own kind of echo chamber and, you know, there's their thoughts, and they have their folks that follow them. You know, I do, you do. I mean, every player does, right? So I feel like there's, an, like, an allegiance to those folks rather than maybe your teammates and having some little nuance and understanding. Okay, I know Drew Brees made a comment on this, but, man, he has so many years of goodwill built up, and he's such a great teammate. I'm willing to, you know, put oh, that no, aside. Oh, no, 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 no. I, 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 That's what I fear. I, I feel like that's what used to happen. Okay, I don't agree with... Something maybe is something one of these teammates said, but I mean I know by and large he's a good guy and he's a good teammate, so we're we're still cool. I, is that the same? I I don't know. I, I don't asked, believe I it asked is. the
1: great number eighty five Tim McGee, who was playing pickleball with Segman Denison. Oh, uh-huh.
3: do you recall a guy named Segman Dennison? He's the man. He's now, the man. I and mean, <laughs> I remember Segman playing pickleball against us. Let's is he not, trying to is he trying to get Tim McGee on the team to challenge us again? Let's not bring that up All any right. further. Good. I said to him. And
1: you've been in an NFL locker room. I've been in a couple, but mainly I've been in Reds locker rooms. There's a little bit of a country, and a little bit of rock and roll, and a little bit of black. If you're in an NFL locker room, there's one group controlling things happening in the locker room. Those are African Americans. If you would have said with your white skin, your red hair, and your blue eyes, I want to play some Tim McGraw in the Colts locker
3: room, probably wouldn't have gone well, well. i mean the, and the, but the, the, there was some compromise I'll, you know the, there was some degree not of much. Com- i i don't yeah but I, I is that the same now i i don't
1: i i don't I, know. I know and i so i said to tim mcgee what happens in the first couple uh locker rooms of drew Brees until his minute and a half on instagram he was the guy going to take us to the promised land he threw the pass that should have put." the Saints and the Super Bowl, except for the Rams and the bad call. This is the guy with the Super Bowl ring, $5 million to COVID-19. Seventy-five percent of those affected by COVID-19 in Louisiana are black. He's given all this money to help those people get better, those with COVID-19. But now, Define, what's going to – Defined gonna, by
3: about 100 words. I, well, I think that's very unfortunate whether you And think Tim what, McGee said it's over. It's over. That, that's my fear, and I think it's very unfortunate. Now, maybe you disagree with what he said, and that's, that's fair. But to have someone's whole life come down to 100 words, a hundred words, a comment, and all the goodwill—if if that, if that happens, no one's safe, right? No one's built up as much goodwill as, as Drew Brees, Drew Brees has.
1: in New Orleans. There's no comparable. Hurricane Katrina—I
3: mean, literally—brought the whole city together. Together, that
1: guy, it, him, it doesn't, it doesn't mean a thing. Overcome.
3: It has to, though. It has to.
1: when when, when the cry from the left is, we have to have conversations on race. Tell me what you think, and if you say something I disagree with, guess what? There's no more conversation.
3: No. Well, the, the, and there's also no compromise. I told you about the uh, little um, thought I put out there on Twitter revol- uh, around the subject of kneeling in the NFL. Okay, and I said, look, how about this for a compromise? Compromise, of course, is no one gets everything they want, but everyone gets some of it. Now that's they
1: a like. stupid idea, right there. <laughs> that is
3: a really <laughs> stupid. You I said. Compromise, but it was it was confirmed. Was stupid. It idea. was confirmed. I could I have told you
1: that's Stupid. but
3: but I put out look. How about knowing that? Okay, everyone is you know. There's whether you like it or not. There's millions of people that think standing for the anthem is important. Not ten people. Millions. Oh, no. A lot. Right. Well, all he said was, "I don't respect those who don't stand for right. the national anthem." Right. So there's those folks knowing that, and there's also folks that think by the millions i think there's. They like athletes having a platform to speak on social sure, issues let right? everybody talk right so th- my compromise was have a one to two minute period before an nfl game on the field televised where players can kneel they can pray they can have a player get a microphone that goes across to all the hey, how about
1: abortion is murder can you hold up that sign uh, whatever
3: whatever whatever, just, whatever you just want for the sake two of minutes whatever, it whatever is. you want then but then the compromise would be right after that there's a there is the national anthem where everyone stands together, and we stand at it and, and and do the anthem. And you would have thought I offered a. What reaction did you get? It, it was there was no. Con- I was hoping to get. Well, that makes some sense. But, but is that a fairly reasonable? Absolutely not. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, but I was hoping no. to get. I was hoping to get. You know, I. I you're not. You're um. It's. It's kind of there, but let, let's add this, or you know, I don't. I don't agree with it, but here's what we should. No, it was, that's the most outrageous, stupid thing. White
1: privilege. Right. Red hair, white skin, blue eyes. You don't understand. Like kneeling
3: is this. There's references and Drew to 1619 in Jamestown. I mean, it's it's Jamestown. absolutely crazy. And now you got you got this kneeling.
1: Uh, Drew Brees will be kneeling for the rest of his life. And he's issuing more statements cleaning up the mess that he made. But what he said was his opinion. It was honestly felt on his face. It was not racist whatsoever. It said, I respect. I never respect those who don't stand for the national anthem. My grandparents fought in World War II, a lot of military graves, and I respect the American flag. But it was implied to mean that Kaepernick should not have done what he did four or five years ago. That kneeling was a protest. Look what it resulted in now, which is George Floyd being killed with a knee. And how in the world could Derek Chauvin ever have done what he did? That's another story. It's incredible. It's just over the moon. It's terrible. He should spend the rest of his life in jail. No problem with that. But all you want to do is say, okay, we're talking about the American flag that you're wearing on your hat. And I talk about being a great American at least once a day.
3: And that somehow is
1: controversial.
3: It's different for me, I think, because my experience with the – Anthem on NFL field was that same thing I talked about earlier. That's the one moment, the one you know, minute and 20 seconds where everyone came together, regardless of your background, and said, look, we're we have going to show this because the fans think it's important, we think it's important. But nevertheless, I, I think what's going to have to happen, though, is they're going to have to get rid of the Anthem, okay, not televise it, not do it at all, but, but will that also not eliminate the opportunity that some seek, which is to have a platform to bring about some Social justice It'll change. piss
1: off a bunch of other people that say, I want to honor our country. One of the great moments of the Super Bowl. So what
3: do we do? Compromise.
1: I'm you're trying gonna, to find it. Yeah, it's a stupid I'm trying to find it. <laughs> How about Whitney Houston singing the Star-Spangled Banner in 19, was it 91? That was the best. You know, over at Tampa. I mean, it was, un, but we can't, have, because you're going to piss off those who say, I want to stand for the Star-Spangled Banner, and then piss off others who don't want to stand. You don't give them the, t- if you get rid of it, either way, then you're going to anger two groups
3: of people. But why can't people look at it like, okay, it pisses me off that they want that, but in order to get what I want, what I feel is important, let's not uh, cut off our nose to spite our face. Let's let, let's just do this, and we'll compromise and move forward. How come that can't happen? That makes no
1: sense. There's no <laughs> room for compromise. You either believe and think a certain way, or you are a racist.
3: Okay, but what is the logical, what, what is the conclusion when there's no compromise? There's all these issues right now in the country that there is no compromise on, correct? Yeah. What's the What's the end game? What's continued the solution?
1: conflict,
3: conflict and yes.
1: separation by race, by gender, by sexual conflict orientation. Conflict
3: that, that continues to go to the hey, point where no one Civil wants it War. to go. I don't know Correct. what the hell it is. That's what I'm implying.
1: But uh, the owners are in a bad position. NFL, baseball, don't know what to do, basketball. And they're all going to protest. NBA games will be filled with protest about George Floyd and about the legacy of his life and whatever sport it is. That's what it's going to be. It's not about individual opinions within the twenty and twenty yard line. There's wide. There's some people on the far left and far, far right that are out of bounds, but the great majority of us are between the twenty and the twenty. Right. You can't do that. You got to be on certain side of the field and not on the other. Well, Rock, we got to go. What else do you have today, if anything?
3: Uh, let's see, Eddie and I are going to talk to Mike Allen about some of the legal implications of the George Floyd case. Be careful. Well, that's going to go. Careful. I'm just bringing it's, him on to explain what's, what's, what's going go on. Let him
1: explain. Let him do the talking. Don't you offer any opinion about the criminal record of George Floyd. Please don't you bring that up. Don't bring up the toxicology. Don't bring up the COVID-19. Let him do it, Rock. I'm giving you advice. Don't do it, okay? You can think about it, but don't do it.
3: So we're going to talk to Mike Allen. Be careful. And then we're going to talk to uh, you later, and we're also going to talk about the uh, my compromise tweet and why That's it's not
1: being embraced. Compromise? Come on, man. <laughs> White privilege Just Trying to right offer there.
3: An, op- an opinion. Well, let's
1: continue with more. Next is Alicia Lipton on Hawksworth and More on news Radio 700 WLW. Billy Cunningham, the great American, joining you and I now is Alicia Lipton of uh, Hawksworth. And Alicia Lipton, welcome again to the Bill Cunningham Show. Anything happening in the news?
6: Oh, there's um, too much <laughs> happening in the news, and I wish I was calling you with good news. Well, tell me what's going on. Um, We are on an emergency appeal for blood donors. Um, We have had a surge in usage. Some of that is because hospitals are opening back up. They are doing surgeries again. We have um, one case in particular that has used half of what we typically collect in a day. So we really need people to come in right now roll up a sleeve, make that donation. We're going to keep our centers open an extra hour tomorrow, an extra hour on Saturday. On Monday through Friday next week, we'll open up an hour early and stay an hour later. So we need the tri-state to do their part and help us save lives.
1: You know, I've heard over the last several months that one good thing about this, there's hardly anything good about it, was that Hawksworth Blood Center would have plenty of blood because there was no procedures going on. And you're telling me that's wrong.
6: Well, that's kind how it started out because when we look back at March 16th, that's when hospitals were making the decision, the governor had instituted directions to cancel elective surgeries, non-emergency surgeries, so lots of treatments were put off, transplantations were put off. Now that we're kind of getting back to opening everything up, more surgeries are happening. Unfortunately, you also have more traumas happening, car accidents, issues where people are needing blood. At the first part of the COVID-19 pandemic, people were coming in and donating because they wanted to help and they were off work or they were out of school. So they had time to do it. Now we have folks kind of getting back to work. Um, and if they donated early in March, we really need them to come back now.
1: So now's the time and as far as the crisis. Is this like a DEVCON 5 or how bad is it?
6: Oh, um, it's not good. It is not good. Um, I I hate going on and having to... You know, really, um, you know, put my heart out there and beg people to come in and donate. But right now, that's, wh- that's what we need. We need to be able to meet the needs of the patients here in the tri-state. We have looked outside of the tri-state to check about um, shipping some products in. Unfortunately, there's a blood shortage throughout the United States. So we need our tri-state Cincinnatians, which, you know, we know that they're very loyal. We know that they want to do the right thing. They want to help their neighbors. Now is the time.
1: Well, so you're begging for blood.
6: I am begging.
1: It's bad. All right. Well, Alicia, good luck to you. And uh, are things more or less functioning now in the hospital systems in greater Cincinnati, northern Kentucky, or not? Are things becoming more functional?
6: Things are becoming more functional. It is very, very safe to go to the hospital right now. So people who are having health symptoms, chest pains, you know, whatever might be coming on, do not be afraid to go to the hospital. It's um, one of the safest, cleanest places that you can go to. Um, in order to treat those people though, we need the blood donations. So we encourage everybody to give us a call at 513-451-0910 or visit us at hawksworth.org. And we will be happy to take your blood and I can guarantee you, it's gonna be put to use to help save a life.
1: Alicia Lipton, you're a great American, and thank you for coming on the Bill Cunningham Show. Thank you. Thank you, Bill. Uh, let's continue with more uh, Eddie and the Rocker next. And by the way, this afternoon, dozens of police officers in Louisville uh, walked out on the city's Democratic mayor, Greg Fisher, as a form of protest. As the FOP president explained that the officers felt disrespected by his comments as they struggle mightily to keep the peace after more than a week of fiery protest in Louisville. The video obtained by the Courier Journal shows the Mayor Fisher standing in the middle of the room at a roll call before the start of a 12 hour shift. As streams of Louisville Metro Police arrive, detectives and others silently filed out. FOP President uh, Ryan Nichols, who was not present, said the move was an unplanned reaction to the Mayor's address. We have taco joints like Condado. Not serving police officers, the corporate office issued a statement saying we're all about inclusiveness and non-discrimination and that the three employees who walked down and would not serve police officers are welcome to come back. We have numerous circumstances. It appears that Cincinnati cops may not be able to use Metro buses anymore, which they thought was a great place to uh, to transport uh, prisoners because it was warm in the winter is cool in summertime and they're safe in one place. But Metro, Metro, for political purposes, said that uh, doesn't fit our corporate culture to assist law enforcement. We're in trouble. Let's continue with more. If a line becomes available for Eddie and the Rock, 513 Plus, I was hearkened by the comments of Dick Williams last night on the Reds Hot Stove League that uh, Reds baseball was a probability, not a certainty, and certainly not a possibility, but he is optimistic baseball will be played this year. That's your home of the Reds, News Radio 700.